everybody. How you doing? This is Brian Smith with Leon. I have Karen Weeks from Order Group today on the podcast. Karen, how are you today? Good. How are you doing? Thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. Super excited to talk about your obsession with Wonder Woman. Um, <laughs> but if you could uh, give us some insight on your role at Order Group and currently the side project that you're, that you're working on. Yeah, so uh, I'm the head of people at a company called Order Groove. We do recurring revenue programs for retailers and brands. And really, especially during the last six months, people have really leaned into e-commerce, shopping online, and making sure that they can get their diapers and their dog food and their paper towels and every their beauty products, everything when they need it, because it's been so hard to find, obviously, in stores if the stores have even been open. So it's been a really interesting time as a company. We've been fortunate that we can really help our clients through that time, but we've really had to think about new things for them. And then as a team, obviously going remote and trying to do all these new things separated, but together has been a very unique time. And what's ironic is that I took that time as well as doing everything with Order Groove and helping them through all of this to start a podcast. Because as a coach, I often, I was hearing more and more stories about people taking this opportunity uh, to think about, am I in the right career? Is this what I really want to be doing? And so I started a podcast to share those stories because I think some people feel pretty alone and, or that I can't actually do it. So, nope. Every week you're going to hear a story about someone who has, including someone you may know very well. And it's, I think it's important to share those stories. So I actually started that a few months ago as well. Awesome. So give us some examples. What are some of the outstanding stories you've heard so far? Yeah, so I think there's been some really interesting, so some real 180 changes. So one person went from doing video production and internet videos, like those cooking things where always the hands and the food and just magically brownies are made. Mm -hmm. And they actually transitioned to being a barber in a salon uh, here in Brooklyn. Another person went from being a swim coach and a pastor to working in sales and leading sales teams for mission-driven companies. So there's been some real 180s like that. I think there's other examples, honestly, like yourself, where though it may not have been obvious along the way, you were building the uh, paths to where you wanted to go. And each one is just like a different brick onto another brick mm -hmm. where they were taking skills that they learned in the past and realized maybe this isn't the quite the right place for me. Let me adjust it and find a different opportunity. And then finally, we've talked to folks who actually do it more on the side or made a career change and realized they made it for the wrong reasons and went back to something. So I wanted there to be different kinds of stories so people could understand. I'm not saying you have to drop everything in your life and go do something completely out there. It's what is driving you and what is your purpose and what makes you happy and fulfilled. And if that's not what you're doing today, let's figure out how you can feel that way in your career. Okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. You know, what are some of the commonalities or traits that in the individuals that you're interviewing? Because much like you said, I'm, I'm assuming there is a level of like resiliency or grit mm -hmm. that maybe someone needs to have to even starting a, a side project. Like a, a side project is really hard because it takes away from your family. It takes away from your time. But like you said, there's a passion for it. So um, you know, what are like, what are the, the similarities between the people that you're interviewing, you think? Yeah, I think one is the willingness to step outside their comfort zone. It's very easy to say, I started my career as an engineer. I'm just going to, that's what I went for school for. I'm just going to keep doing it. Maybe I find a different industry, but this is what I am. And so I'm just going to keep doing it. And I think for folks that I talk to, they realize, A, 
what I decided I was going to do at 20 or whatever it was might not actually be the thing I want to do when I'm 30, 40, 50. And that's okay because you're learning things about yourself, but that it also takes some real self-reflection to say, what do I want to do? How can I get to that new place? And everybody has different levels of comfort with change. Sometimes you literally cannot make a change because you've got a family you're supporting or rent you have to pay, but what can I do to still get unstuck? And so being willing to take that first step to say those words out loud takes a lot of courage. And then the resilience to say, this is going to be a journey. If I decide tomorrow I want to be a nurse, it's not just to be like, great, I'm just going to go join the hospital down the street and I'm done. There's a whole path to get there. And there are going to people. There are going to be people that tell you it's a bad idea. There are going to be people that tell you don't do it. But if you feel like it's right for you, you have to have the courage and the resilience to get through that journey. And I think the self awareness piece and then the willingness to actually do it are the things that are key. Yeah, Angela Duckworth talks a lot about that in her book, Grit, mm-hmm. of, yeah. of having that goal that is way off. But no matter what, you keep going, and it doesn't have to be at a certain speed. It doesn't have to be within a certain time frame. But are you able to get to that end goal while you manage and handle everything else? And you're still going to have failures and you're still going to have ups and downs and all those other things. Um, But I love those stories that people that can do that because in a way it's, we're all brought up on that idea of creating something for yourself and something that makes you inherently happy. I think, and this is one thing I love that you and I have talked about is that when you're unhappy in one area of your life, it affects other areas of your life and your overall health. And so sure, you may say, I'm just going to grin and bear it and whatever, and go to your nine to five job and just make it work. But that's probably impacting your relationships. It's definitely impacting your health. It's impacting other things that you may enjoy or not enjoy in your life. And so people try to compartmentalize. And at the end of the day, we're a whole human and we actually need to take care of our whole self. And so if we're unhappy in one area, that's going to filter into other areas as well. So is this project, is this your passion project? It really is. I think even when I think about all the work I do within HR, One of the things that brought me to that was I want people to feel successful in their work. We all work way too much. And if you're not feeling good about what you do, and that can mean different things, right? Success could just be I'm comfortable financially or success could be accolades or whatever success is. If you're not feeling that, then you're just draining yourself. And like I said, going to work every day because you have to. And so whether that is internally and helping you find amazing opportunities at the company we both work for, whether that's building a culture where you feel supported and successful, or whether that's helping you on the outside, try to find the right thing. It really is. It's funny, COVID teaches you, or anytime you go through something big, like a pandemic, everybody takes a step back and goes, what is it that I really enjoy doing? What pulls me? And thinking about helping people find success, helping people be healthy, and everything that goes with that has been something that's really been pulling me these last few months. That makes sense. Obviously, right now, the concepts of resiliency and burnout are huge talking points right now with COVID and really everything that's going on. So that being said, as an HR manager, how do you look at and interpret issues such as an employee burnout? And what can employers do better to support their team during this time? Yeah, it's such a tough thing. It's so funny because... 10 years ago, I did manager training and it was very much, don't go too deep into someone's personal life, put the guardrails on, don't go there, you'll get into trouble. 
And it's the complete opposite now. You should be having these conversations. Obviously, you are not a mental health expert. If they start talking about things that are concerning and crisis, go to an expert. I'm not trying to get my managers to that point. But having those open and vulnerable and safe conversations to say, how are you doing today? Hey, I kind of noticed in that last meeting, you looked a little stressed. How can I help? What's going on? Opening that door and even sharing your own vulnerability of just with my team member yesterday, I shared, I have hit my wall. The walls are closing in here in Brooklyn. We need to take a break. And I was sharing that with her because I wanted her to know that I feel that and you may be feeling that today, tomorrow, whenever, and we, we can talk about that and that's safe. So I think, first of all, just creating the, the space for those conversations and letting your team know you're here for them. You will listen. You're human. You're probably going through similar emotions, even if your circumstances are different. And then as an organization, building in things so you're not getting to the point where they are burned out, you're trying to help them along the way. So at Order Groove, we did some extra days off for, as a whole company because mm-hmm. people were saying, even if I take a day off, first of all, I'm probably not going anywhere because there's no place I can go. And my phone is still buzzing because other people are working. So we just shut down the company for a couple of extra days. We've been trying to do workshops. We've upped our wellness allowance to include things for mental health. We've been trying to help people manage their calendars better. So if taking lunch off or taking the afternoon off because you have to help your kids with school, that's okay. We support that. Mm -hmm. So we've been trying to lay those little breadcrumbs along the way to let people know we support you. But if you do get to a place of burnout, talk to your manager about it and we'll we'll help you figure it out. So I love this concept of HR managers being sort of field generals. Mm -hmm. And and I brought this up in the show notes where you guys are leading officers and enlisted soldiers on sort of day-to-day operations. So you brought up this concept of sort of being involved in what's going on with a person's life and their needs and whatnot. But how do you do that while also trying to balance the the goals of the company? And, and yeah. HR is such a weird space because you had your sort of Jack Welch sort of GE concept of what HR does. <laughs> and it's it's completely done a 180. But how do you live within that space where you almost have to answer to everything and everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so we have our own burnout because of that. Yeah. I think for me, I try to think through it in the sense of it's actually overlapping. If my team or not my team, if the team is healthy, that will help the business be healthy and help us hit our goals. If we are striving too much and too focused on our goals, we're going to burn out the team and they're going to quit or they're not going to be productive and they're going to be unhealthy and we're not going to hit the goals. And so you actually have to find, this came up actually when some of the Me Too conversations were happening. People were asking about like, how do you balance someone's complaint and and protecting the business? And I kept saying, they're actually related. I should be protecting the business by addressing people's complaints. And I feel the same this time, like the way to help the business forward and hit our goals is to make sure we have a healthy team. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to do everything for everybody. I'm not going to send you on a European vacation. I'm not going to give you $10,000. Like, I'm not going to just do whatever you think you need. I need to be responsible and put the business in respect of that. But if I'm able to bring the two together, I'm actually hopefully accomplishing all my goals because a healthy team and a healthy business are actually the same. It's such a weird dynamic that you guys go through when it comes from managing people. And maybe it's not just you, but it's every manager, right? Where... Mm -hmm. I look at the way that I am is I want less management, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want less conversation, but other people need more conversation. Like I'm the type of person that just wants to be left alone. I'll do my job. I'll perform. I shouldn't necessarily have to have a conversation with you. Yeah. 
yeah. but I'm also not looking for that fulfillment from you. So mm -hmm. how do you manage that process? Like, how do you feel? And I mentioned this on LinkedIn um, yesterday where your level of management or culture or caring might be intrusive to me, yes. but it might also be very needed for someone else. How do yeah. you balance that? Yeah. So I've done a couple of different things. One is you could do things like DISC or Myers-Briggs or StrengthsFinder or whatever the, the tool is that you like to make sure your team. And so I know that you do need more space. So even if I am an extrovert, for example, and I want to talk to you all day all long, I don't want to demotivate you. So I, as a manager, need to check that and recognize what you need and then manage you one way and manage Sally another way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one thing is using some sort of tool to know that about your team. There's also, I've also done things like motivation surveys and rank these 10 things of what motivates you. And again, as a manager, I then get that data and understand that you're mo more motivated by public accolades while someone else is more motivated by one-on-one -on -one thank yous and, or someone else wants money, or I know that about you so that I'm motivating you in the right way and then recognizing you in the right way. And then I think as a company, because obviously I can't do everything individualized for everybody as a, at the company level, I try to do enough different things that will hopefully impact somebody. So one thing at Order Group, one of our values is what is what you get. And authenticity and individuality is very important to us. So when we think about different programs, we may have some group activities that are on a Zoom. We may have some group activities that are completely offline and it's take a funny picture of something and submit it. So you never have to get on a Zoom. You never have to talk to anybody if that's not your jam or small group things and big group things. And so we try to come up with a variety of things. And then that way you can choose the thing that you want to be a part of. And hopefully we may not check every box, but hopefully there's something for enough of everybody to feel connected to the organization or feel recognized or whatever the thing is we're trying to do. No, totally. And, and like you said, that individuality is so important in a company mm -hmm. and where what you might consider culture, I might consider an eye roll. Yeah. And <laughs> yep. you have to be careful that it's always things you have to balance, but at the yeah. same time, you can't do, you have paralysis by analysis, right? Yes. Where you overthink it so much. And the next question is, it's a little off script, but it's, I think it's a, it's an interesting question in the sense where, is there a time and a place to burn out your employees? So it, it's very interesting because it actually came up about, I was going to say six months ago, but that's not true. Almost a year ago now, we, our head of product calls it wartime. And we had a huge opportunity in front of us as an organization. And it was back like when we were a five person startup, people were working all night to hit this deadline. That was not our deadline. It was given to us by a partner if we wanted this opportunity. And we just scrapped and made it work and ordered pizza at midnight and all that kind of stuff. And I think it was the right answer at the time because it was such a huge opportunity that if we didn't do it, it really would have been wrong for the business. The ways we try to manage it, and I think we did successfully, was first of all, time box it. This is a, normally like we're in a marathon or whatever, this is a sprint for the next four weeks. We're going to burn it at both ends, but at the end of the four weeks, not only is this what we're going to accomplish, but this is what we're going to do to take a break. And then everybody's going to go back to non-war time. I think the trick is you then have to pull back the gas and let people have that breath. And there were a couple of people that decided that wasn't for them. And I totally respect that. And we had that conversation, but most people were amped up. Yeah, let's do this. This is such a great opportunity. And we powered through it. And 
it was a big win for the organization. And we did then give some breaks on the other side and made sure people had a chance to breathe. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think especially at different stages of the company, there are going to be those moments. Yeah, totally. And, and I think, and to talk about going back to where HR is now, how we manage people now, we're almost afraid of that to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And we should never be afraid of that because ultimately that's how people grow. I mean, I look at it from my background within sports is there's times where we call it overreaching, where mm-hmm. you're trying to overreach, you're trying to cause fatigue on the understanding that you're going to allow the per- individual to recover over the next two to four weeks or six weeks or whatever that is. Yeah. All right, on the idea that they're going to achieve a higher level of resiliency mm-hmm. or robustness out of that four weeks or six weeks. Break. Does that make sense? It does. And I think it goes back to just communication empathy, and really making sure everyone's on the same page. I'm going to treat you like an adult. I'm going to say that these next four weeks are going to be really hard, but this is why we're doing it. This is the outcome we're trying to get to. And we recognize it's going to be hard. So tell us what you need. You need pizza at midnight. You need four, a week off afterwards, whatever, so that we all agree this is the right thing to do. And we're all going to pal through it together. And there's no surprises and there's no lack of empathy in the sense of, I don't know what you're talking about. This is fine. No, this is hard and that's okay. And I think sometimes folks that struggle with like HR's role in that is I'm just asking that we recognize that. I'm not saying it's not right for the business. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I'm not saying we shouldn't push our people. It's more just recognizing that it is hard. And so let's just do a couple of things along the way to help them with that and give them that like, we're all in this together thing. If our CEO is off whatever, while his team is busting their butt, that's when it doesn't feel good. And that's when I feel like I need to step in. And that sort of relates back to the culture aspect of what we do and how I feel about culture, right? But this is one thing that I can drive home on culture is because goal alignment is so important on culture. And that's what teams and military operators and whatnot, what they're always aligned on is one specific goal. And that's why I love the idea of sprints within companies, because they all have that one singular mission of what that is within this specific time frame. But without those time frames, without those specific goals, it ends up being really hard to keep morale up and keep burnout down and keep commitment to the mission aligned. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think the timeframes is so key because if it just keeps going on and on, that's part of why I think people are really feeling burned out right now is that we don't understand when the end of COVID and that kind of stuff is going to end. It's just going on and on with no end in sight. And I think that's why people are really struggling right now. I think the other thing that's really important is to celebrate milestones and wins. After that four week really hard push, we all then as a company listened into the demo that was done with our partner and got to hear the praise and got to hear how amazing it went. And yeah, there was probably some risk in that. What if they hated it? But we knew that wasn't going to happen. But that was such a monument. And everybody was like, not cheering literally, but telling the engineers congratulations. And it was a real big moment. And I think if we hadn't done that and like the team had just left to go do the demo and we just sat back and continued working, there would have been a real miss there. And especially in tech, because in tech, things break all the time. Yeah. Right? There's always ups and downs and they're like, you think you have something solved and then the whole thing crashes, right? Yeah. Um, it's not, you're in retail and you just sell a product and that person walks away and you never see that person again. Yeah. So you have to be able to manage those wins when they happen and truly celebrate them. But at the same time, understand that the next day you might have a complete sort of jump off the cliff yeah. and you have to be, you have to have a resilient enough organization to be able to handle that properly. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought up the times that we're in and obviously HR and managers are being forced to change. So how do you see the role of HR changing, assuming that the workforce changes long-term because of this? 
Yeah, it's really interesting. I actually was just talking to our CEO and COO about this, and we're going to do an op offsite, whatever that means these days to talk about. So for the last six months, it's been like all short-term stuff, right? Like we're going to figure out how to handle this thing when it comes up. We'll figure out this thing when it comes up. We're going to promise this for three months and that's it. But at the end of the day, how we work is changing and it's going to continue to change. And so how do we actually think about what we want to do as a business for the next year from a culture standpoint, from a team standpoint, and let's rethink everything that we've done because nothing is the same. So how do we even think about our all hands and how do we do those meetings? And that used to be a time that everybody came together. That's not happening anytime soon. But also, what has that taught us? Maybe we don't need to come together every single time. What are we actually trying to drive within those moments? And what outcomes are we trying to get by bringing people together? So what is the new right way to do that? And I think that's really... HR's role has evolved the last six months because we've had to be on crisis control and help everybody adjust so quickly. But I think our next opportunity as HR leaders is to say, okay, so let's rethink how we work. Let's actually take the lead here and not be reactive and be proactive and say, what does this mean for my organization? And let's come up with some new innovative things to restructure what we do and how we think and how we work together. I think HR has a huge opportunity to really reshape everything yeah. you know, to a certain extent. And and I don't mean this from a company standpoint, it's from a happiness of people standpoint. Mm -hmm. That if you guys nail this and you guys nail the idea that we don't have to be in the office as much, we don't have, we need less, or there can be less management, there can be more positive reinforcement, there can be more logical thinking. You're going to affect so many things and like, like everybody, husbands, wives, children, like you guys have a huge opportunity to really make change right now. It's super exciting. Yeah, it really is. I, I was a little bit in like, ironically, my own hamster wheel of like just trying to keep everything afloat. And then a couple of weeks ago, I had this realization of, I think this is actually the moment where I need to pivot from reaction to proactive and think about how do we want to do this moving forward. And that was actually almost gave me like a breath of, oh yeah, like this could be a really exciting thing to think about in this downtime. Let's really think about this new way we can be doing this and, and the amazing opportunity. And selfishly, hopefully employees see that and are excited about it. And they're like, I'm going to stay at order group because we did this really cool stuff and they took, a, they took the lead here. And as we hire new people, oh, that's what you guys did. That's really different and interesting. I want to work for a company like that because that's what's going to start to happen is the market does start to pick up companies that have not done things these last six months, your teams are going to tell you and it's going to start coming through as the market eventually starts picking up. Yeah, totally. Awesome. You know, this is fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. As always, I love talking to you. Like literally you make me happy when I'm done talking <laughs> to you, but where can people find more information about you, Karen? Yeah. So the best way is always LinkedIn. So just Karen D. Weeks um, on LinkedIn. I do have a website that I'm redoing right now. Currently the address is weeks247.com. You can see like videos and some worksheets that I've put together. So those are probably the best ways to reach me, but always happy to chat with people who are interested in either thinking about the culture and HR side of things or the uh, career change and life coaching piece of things. I'm here to help. Awesome. Thank you again. Have a great day. Thank you too.